AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. There is still a lot of corn in the field, I know that, but harvest is wrapping up quickly in some key areas. Now what? What should you be thinking about this fall that will help you grow another crop in 2024? We'll run down the checklist, and it's Wednesday. That means it's time to check in with this week's Farmer Forum. Live from an already full plate via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we'll begin with a conversation with Angie Reichs-Hins from Iowa State University. Then it's our Farmer Forum with panelists Rock Ketchnig and Dennis Bogards. Directly following the news, Margie Eckelkamp from The Scoop joins. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much. Um, it might be a little soggy down your way this morning? Quite soggy, yes. Yeah. It's been uh, soggy since the last time we spoke, I believe. Yeah, I think I think that's about <laughs> right. Now they're they're talking about some uh, some potential flooding down there. We've got a mm-hmm. line of showers from southern Texas up through central Oklahoma into central and eastern uh, Kansas and over into central Missouri. Another line of showers has got Big Apple Joe out in South Bend. Uh but that stretches from southern Missouri up to Michigan. Mm. And there it is. That pretty shade of sky blue on the radar. The snow up in Montana and North Dakota. Minot is mm-hmm. getting hit fairly hard with snow here this morning. Welcome looks to like AgriTalk. Uh, yeah, clear in Alaska, looks like. It, Almost statewide. Good morning, Alaska. Good morning, Alaska. <laughs> you know, there is that one spot of showers. There is, happening yep. there in the Gulf. There's one so. kind of down in the one corner there, then one, like, little bit. And this one's exactly. purple. Purple and green. Exactly. You know, that could be that, that could be birds. It could be we birds. It know. could be uh, seals. Fur seals. seals, maybe. Yes. Seals, probably. Yeah. Most <laughs> Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That's Davis. Uh Hello. Yeah, we'll run down some of the things that uh, uh, the checklist that everyone should have in front of them for this fall on what needs to be done and can still be done Mm -hmm. to help get ready for next year's production. We'll talk about that. uh, uh, And then Farmer Forum, we'll get harvest reports from Illinois and from southern Iowa, south central Iowa here this morning looking forward to the conversation with rock and dennis okay buddy let's get to the news what do you got well let's do start with that national weather service weather outlook significant early season winter storm brings heavy snowfall to portions of the northwest northern rockies and northern plains widespread heavy rainfall with scattered to widespread instances of flash flooding possible in the southern plains wednesday and much above average temperatures for eastern and central portions of the country while temperatures turned frigid in the northern Rockies and Plains. Kind of what we were talking about yesterday, but, uh, you know, let's let's not forget. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm looking at this temperature forecast, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. wow, this is going to hurt. Today yeah. and tomorrow, we've got highs around 70 here in northeast Iowa. 
Hmm? Gets cold in a hurry starting on Saturday. Highs in the high 30s, maybe 40 degrees this weekend. It's going to be chilly. Yep. Well, private exporters report sales of 126,000 metric tons of soybeans for delivery to China during the 23-24 marketing year. Another daily sale, Chip. Yeah. Yeah, and and we should be getting these every day. Uh, As a Mm -hmm. matter of fact, they should be bigger than 126,000, and it should be to more than just China. We need to see some some more unknown destinations in here, which at this time of the year can be uh, some European destinations. Well, Chip, Republicans have been unable to agree on a replacement House Speaker leading to a series of unsuccessful nominations. Without a Speaker, lawmakers cannot bring bills to the floor for consideration. Yesterday's initial nominee, Representative Tom Emmer, Republican from Minnesota, dropped out of the race after a short-lived nomination, driven partly by criticism from former President Donald Trump, who called him a, quote, globalist rhino. House Republicans Tuesday evening nominated Representative Mike Johansson from Louisiana as its latest choice for Speaker Chip. There was talk of a vote this morning. Have you heard? Um, I, I haven't think heard anything. There pro- I think there probably will be a vote on Mike Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I, it sounds like he's got the votes to get the job. Hey, okay. So could be Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Well, in other news, Iowa's farmland values, which saw consecutive record-breaking increases for two years, are now showing signs of cooling, though they remain near historic highs. The Des Moines Register says several factors contribute to this slowdown, including drought, declining farm profits, and rising costs and interest rates. The United Auto Workers expanded its strike against Detroit's automakers with a walkout at one of General Motors' largest and most profitable factories, marking the second straight day of escalation by the union. The unannounced strike came one day after about 6,800 UAW workers walked out of a suburban Detroit factory where Chrysler parent Stellantis makes Ram pickup trucks. Chip, those are among the company's most profitable and highest-selling models. An undercurrent here. General Motors made an unexpected decision to abandon its previously set goal of manufacturing 400,000 electric vehicles by mid-2024. This move underscores the growing concerns among automakers regarding the market's sustainability for battery-powered cars. Let's see, and just one more here. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez condemned Israel's siege and bombing of Gaza, characterizing it as collective punishment against the Palestinian people and a breach of humanitarian law. In response, Israel vehemently rejected Guterres's statement. Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Uh, let's bring in Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop. Good morning, Margie. Good morning, Chip. Okay, so every year we learn more and more about how farmers are using uh, the Internet and buying their inputs online. What are you learning now? So we have just wrapped up our next issue of The Scoop, where we will provide exclusive insights on Farm Journal's annual crop input purchase behavior study. A lot of folks are, are have been looking to this study over the last six years as a way to monitor how many farmers are buying any of their crop inputs online. And that study is unique in the market, both in its focus on crop inputs as well as its longevity. So stay tuned. Another aspect that we have live on the website right now comes from the CEO and co-founder of Agven, Alexander Raychair, and he shares a lot about what retailers have seen as the benefit of digitizing their business as what as well as 
that farmer behavior on those grower portals. So AgVen to date has about 65,000 farmer users across all of its grower portals, expects to bring a total of 100,000 farmers regularly using those portals, interacting with their ag retailer that way. And Alexander shared the number one use case for farmers going online is checking grain prices, looking at scale tickets, yeah. viewing their invoices and balances. Yeah. Their second is product research. Third, it's some kind of file share or reviewing some prescription maps or file sharing. And then fourth is e-signing contracts. So yeah. I think it's important to look below the surface of how ag retailers are digitizing their business and farmers are using those tools. Very interesting. Yeah, it's a, it sounds similar to what how an average consumer is using the internet to buy stuff from Amazon and so on and, and to conduct business. Good stuff, Margie. Thank you. That's Margie Echo, Camp Editor of The Scoop. Get more, www.thedailyscoop.com. We're going to North Central Iowa for some cropping tips next. The Scoop on AgriTalk is brought to you by Tyrannus, moving the acre forward. Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by Bravant Seeds. You want someone who knows how to do the whole job. That's what ag retailers do. That's why Bravant Seeds are available only through retailers. Find yours at bravant.com slash retail. Davis, it's such an exciting time of the year, isn't it? It really is, yes. You got football weekends. Mm-hmm. We now know that it's going to be the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, two wildcard teams. How does that happen? I mean, I it makes it makes me that much more upset that the Cubs just faded so hard at the end of the season. Couldn't even get in as a wild card after basically having it locked up. The Diamondbacks came in and kind of took it away from us. They got hot early. Got hot at the right time, and now they're in the World Series. Yeah. See, I also do not understand how that happened. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll explain reasons. Uh, I'll explain (laughs) it to you sometime. Okay. I'd appreciate Uh, that. I could use it. You bet. You bet. We're we're gathering all kinds of data from the harvest. Uh, We are thinking about what it's going to take to grow another crop again next year. It's that time of the year to get it figured out, and that's why we've got Angie Reek 
Hines on the show today. Angie is an Iowa State University Extension Field Agronomist covering North Central Iowa. I saw her feed on X. It is at NCIA Crops, NCIA Crops. And there's just so much stuff in in her X feed, her Twitter feed, that I thought we need to get her on here because this is a great checklist of things that people need to be thinking about. Angie, welcome to AgriTalk. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here. What are you learning? What are you learning this fall? Uh, what am I learning this fall? Uh, people are very happy with their yields for the most okay. part in North Central Iowa. Obviously, we had some people that weren't blessed with as much rainfall. Um, I also know that there's a lot of anhydrous and manure going on right now, and it seems a little early for those yeah. two practices. Okay, what determines that, that it's too early? Well, we normally look at soil temperatures, at least mm-hmm both for anhydrous applications, anhydrous ammonia applications, and our liquid manure sources, so like liquid swine manure. Uh, We want those soil temperatures at at 50 degrees and cooling trending downwards. And this week, when I look at the soil temperatures, even as of today, um, so we we have a website, the Iowa Mesonet 4-inch soil temperature site that gives us the past few days trend and looks forward for the next week or so. Um, our soil temperatures in north central Iowa are still well into the lower 60s. And what happens when we apply nitrogen is that ammonia reacts with water in the soil, converts to ammonium. Uh, that ammonium is positively charged and stays on that soil interface because soils are negatively charged and it doesn't move. But under warmer temperatures and biological processes, that ammonium um converts to nitrate and which is negatively charged um and then is subject to leaching so if we stay warm and wet this fall and we've converted that nitrate uh we uh have the potential to lose a lot of nitrogen or even next spring so i I think we want to maximize our use of n and our dollars for our n inputs we should maybe probably hold off on those N applications just a little bit longer. Yeah, we've got the cooler temperatures, cold temperatures moving in this weekend, but it does warm up again after that. So, boy, what? watch that site. Give us that site again, Angie. If you just Google Iowa Mesonet 4-inch soil temperatures, you'll get to that web page. Okay, very good. That process of changing anhydrous into a nitrate, How long does that take? Well, that's totally moisture and temperature dependent. And there is some data that shows that if we apply anhydrous, say, um, soil temperatures in their low 60s, like what we're seeing today, um, we have a relative nitrification uh, process of about 50%. So under warmer soil temperatures, that practice happens a lot faster. When we get down to about 50 degrees, that nitrification, uh, relative nitrification process is down to um, about 20%. And then even if we get all the way down to about 32 degrees, right, where soils might start to freeze, um, we're still at about 10%. So while that process never really stops until the ground is frozen, uh, we lower our chances of that conversion 
rate um, substantially when we get below 50 degrees and stay there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Give us some tips to help growers do soil sampling right. Yeah, most growers will work with a local retailer to do their soil sampling. And in this day and age, most people are doing grid samples and the Mm -hmm. co-ops will or their retailers or whoever's doing that will set up their grids and they'll get good samples. What we want to make sure is happening is one, those samples are taken to the correct depth, right? It's kind of easy to push that probe in the ground two or three inches, but you really want a six and two thirds inch soil sample. We want to make sure we have an adequate number of soil samples and that they adequately reflect the fertility in said field. So Once we collect those samples and get them shipped off to a lab, when we get our results, if things look questionable and out of line with your trend line for your soil fertility test, um, I would suggest asking the lab to rerun them. Sometimes we have lab errors and uh, if things don't look like they're matching up well with your last set or last two sets of soil tests over the last two to four years, you probably should have them analyzed again. Interesting. Okay. Um, I, I would assume have a conversation with someone like yourself as you're going over those soil samples to put together a plan. Yeah, we have a great publication called PM 1688, which looks at our P and K recommendations based on soil test. So those recommendations are highly response correlated uh, okay. recommendations. So we have 50 some years worth of data at Iowa State. Yeah. The, those numbers were just revised in February of this year. Um, if you want help going through your soil test report, give your extension field agronomist a call. Okay. All right. Um, what if you're baling corn stalks, removing that stover from the field? Does that change what growers should be sampling for this fall? Yes, actually it does. Um, When we remove grain, we remove so many nutrients. But when we remove stover, we're taking extra nutrients because we're taking stalks, leaves, cobs, all those things. And that can greatly greatly increase the amount of nutrients we're, uh, we're removing from the field. So we have some numbers that show you how to make those calculations. Um, so if you're removing stover this fall, and there are a lot of people, not only corn stover, but soybean stover as well, uh, because forages are in short supply, um, you need to take into account those nutrients that are removed and you need to replace those nutrients for your future crops, right? So yeah. we want to keep our soil tests in those optimum levels. And when we remove all those extra nutrients, uh, we need to replace those to maximize our crop production systems for next year. Right. You know, it's usually P and K that we're testing for, but I hear so much more conversation about sulfur now. Is that justified, that conversation about sulfur? The conversation on sulfur is very much justified, um, at least at this point in corn and alfalfa in production systems in Iowa. We can see on average a 12 to 18 bushel increase, Wow, 12 to 18 bushel per acre increase in our corn systems um, when we apply sulfur uh, in that rotation. And we can definitely see an increase in the amount of tonnage we get in our alfalfa. So we have a really great publication on that. Contact your extension county office or your extension field agronomist, and we'll be happy to walk you through how to do either the tissue samples or what you're looking for in sulfur nutrition. Got it. 
Got it. Okay. Uh, in your Twitter feed, I saw something about an infestation of Asian <laughs> copper leaf, a weed that y- you you were looking into this fall. What do we need to know about uh, weed management in the fall? Well, interestingly enough, with that particular species, mm-hmm. um, the location that I sampled, if you saw that last week, um, that's only the fifth county that weed has been positively identified in Iowa. Up until 2016, it had not been here. Our concerns with that particular copper leaf species is we know it can come with some built-in herbicide resistance because we've seen that in other yeah. countries per se, right? Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, we no one has reported finding this in other parts of the Midwest, so we're not sure how it got here. We do know that it germinates very late and that usually our post-application of herbicide is done before we see that weed emerge. So we've been collecting seed. Uh, Folks on campus are going to do some herbicide studies, and we just need to figure out how to manage that. Okay. Well, we'll keep in touch with you, and I'll continue to follow your feed uh, for some updates on that. Angie, great conversation. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me today. Take you care. Bet. All right. That is Angie Reek Hines. She is an Iowa State University Extension Field Agronomist covering North Central Iowa. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady Beach. Another day, another round of selling pressure on the grain markets. What's going on? Well, uh, I'm going to start in meal. Uh, ran to okay. a new contract high in the December contract earlier uh, today and, and uh, just kind of ran out of buyers at that point and, and now in a corrective pullback. So more than $5 lower here at mid-morning. That's putting pressure on the, uh, the soybean market. Um, what we've seen here recently is long meal, short soy oil spreading, mm-hmm. and they are unwinding those. Uh, so the meal market's under pressure on that spread unwinding as, as well as profit taking that I, I mentioned earlier. And then the soy oil market is trading uh, solidly to the upside uh, on those spread unwinding. And uh, yeah, it just quite a bit of, of spreading activity continues in the sure. soy products here. Uh, the pressure on, on meal and, and soybeans weighing on corn Wheat's lower as well, and and so, um, you know, like you said, the bulk of the price action, aside from soy oil, is to the downside here. Yeah, it really doesn't need a headline to just kind of drift to the downside right now, does it? No, uh, you know, just not a lot of fresh, supportive news out there. I mean, there is some for the meal market, uh, but it's caught up in that corrective trade, like I said. All right, Cattle Complex is trying to recover again today. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see if they can hold on to those gains uh, because, you know, Monday's big washout. Uh, yesterday's finish was relatively disappointing uh, for bulls and, and trying to claw back some, uh, both in live cattle and feeder cattle. We'll, we'll see if they can hang on to those into the close. In uh, the hog market, uh, working to the upside a little bit on some, some light corrected buying, uh, but nothing more than that because the cash index continues to slide on a seasonal basis here, along with the pork cutout value. All right, Brian. Thanks, buddy. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. 
It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. AgriTalk is brought to you by Advanced Acre RX from Winfield United, the comprehensive customized program that's paying off at operations across America. Visit winfieldunited.com slash AARX. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Glad that you're with us on this Wednesday morning. Uh, great conversation there with Angie. Man, I really appreciate that checklist of things to go down through. And, mm-hmm. Davis, you know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've i been talking to a lot of producers and, well, and a lot of, of uh, chemical and fertilizer reps, yep. and they all talk about sulfur now. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. it, Iowa State's got some research that says, you know, getting sulfur right mm-hmm. can be worth 17 bushel an acre. Yeah. Yep. That's that's worth figuring it out and figuring out what you got to do to get it right. Good it grief. Absolutely is. Yep, you can for sure yeah. maximize with some sulfur. You bet. You bet. All right, let's get to the Farmer Forum. Rock Ketchnik over in Illinois. How you doing, Rock? Wonderful, pal. How you getting along? We're doing just fine. You in the combine this morning? No, no. We had three-tenths of an inch of rain. We've got a little red flag rain delay going on this morning. Hey, i got to agree with you with the sulfur. Uh, we've implemented into that our strip-till program, and I sure agree on getting that into really? your fertility program. Uh, now, do you you, yeah. you notice it in, in yield, I would assume, but it's got to be plant health and everything. All the above. Uh, huh. I, don't, I don't think we can keep it a secret, secret any longer, but <clears throat> we're finding a lot more bushels out here this year than we ever dreamt. Uh, gosh, even on our poor soils, uh, three things, strip till program, putting that seed right above the fertility cover crop. And as Ken Ferry mentioned, what our hybrids have done in the past 10 years, things have really changed in this program. Yeah. Yeah. And then the management side of things, I mean, we're talking about a realization that these plants weren't getting the sulfur that they need. And it's all part of the clean air act. Uh, you know, it, it used to be that we got our sulfur for free, didn't we? <laughs> we sure, we, we sure did. How times yeah. change. Yeah. How times <laughs> change for sure, for sure. All right. We'll talk more about those yields here in just a second. Let's get Dennis Bogards from South Central Iowa into the conversation. Dennis, it's good to talk with you again. How are you, man? Well, it's going to be on here again, too. Doing really good. So good, good, good. What do you, what, what are you doing this morning? Uh, we are combining corn. The uh, the rain kind of split and went around us, and um, kind of seems like that's what it's done all all season. It's we we get a little tiny bit of sprinkles might shut us down for a day or half a day, and and you kind of psych yourself up that you're going to get a rain day, and the next thing you know, you're combining the next day all day long. So it's yeah. it's a good and a bad thing, but 
Um, we're we're combining this morning, so if you hear a few beeps or squeals yep. or something, we're we're rolling. So yep, good deal. Keep rolling. We can have the conversation. You can multitask. Yep. I've seen you do it before. <laughs> so talk, <laughs> yep. so talk talk to me talk to me about uh, how this corn crop is doing. Um, yeah, the corn crop's really good this year around here. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to say record yields, but we're seeing just really good yields, especially um, we were we were fairly dry this year, and I expected corn to be um, yields to be down a little bit, um, but really uh, very very happy with corn yields. And um, we had uh, we had tar spot come in this area um, kind of late, and um, the acres that were sprayed with fungicide really looked pretty good, but it, it is surprising of how much tar spot is out here, and the yields hmm. are still pretty good. So the the fungicide must have done its job. So yeah. That concerns me because as dry as you were in that Pella area down there, Dennis, that for tar spot to come in and find a way in, even with fungicide spraying, it tar spot's got a little more strength to it, survivability to it than what I thought it might, doesn't it? Yeah, and yeah, I I think so. I was a little surprised uh, with seeing it too, and um. And, and actually, uh, we had a little bit of white mold in the soybeans, which is really bizarre because they always talk about, you know, wet, you know, that's wet condition kind of thing. And, and you know, and I don't think the white mold really hurt us too bad, but um, we could find it in plants. Um, and we haven't seen white mold in this area in quite a while. So um, kind of both of them this year, a little, little bit odd. I'm not sure how we got them started. The only thing I can figure is just enough. We had a lot of dew. Yeah, dewy mornings and stuff like that. So I don't know if that's what helped it come in and facilitate it or what. But yep, yep. Now here's the thing about what Dennis is talking about, you guys. This is season number two in a row that you would describe as as dry, right? Yeah, I would. I would say we're on the dry side. We're. Um, I I don't know that I'm going to call it a full blown. You know you know, terrible drought, maybe like we were in 2012 or something like that. But, yeah. you know, the last year, the rain came at the right time in August and we got rain. And um, this year we, we really turned it off in August and to yeah. still kind of grow these kind of yields is a little bit surprising. So, um, okay. but yeah, definitely on the dry side, um, um, especially compared to what we had been for, you know, seven or eight years prior to that with rain all yeah. the time and, River rivers coming out and flooding and all that kind of stuff. We just we haven't seen that in the last three years, really. Right, right. Okay, we'll come back to you and talk bean yields here in just a bit. I want to talk with Rock a little bit more about those uh, corn yields there in West Central Illinois. Um, you said they're really good. How did it happen, Rock? I mean, you were dry as heck, right? Jeff, we went through six weeks of extreme temperature and drought, and. <clears throat> Until we finally got 3.4 inches there early September, we thought we were going to be looking at another 2012 with very lengthy meetings with our crop insurance agent. Now, our lightest sand, it died. It was dead. It's gone. We're going to have yeah. a few crop insurance claims. But the lower blacker ground, uh, it's just phenomenal. Uh, it, we're not to 2022 yields, but yeah. we are much better than we were anticipating. Much huh. better. Beans, same story. Low black ground, good. Fuller maturity beans that were still green when we got that rain really benefited from that late rain. The early beans, not so much, died early. Uh, same okay. story pretty much everybody's talking about. Okay. All right. 
Dennis, tell tell me about your bean yield. Did uh, did they hold on, build, and hold on to yield? Yeah, they really um, they really did pretty good. Like like I said before, you know, no no almost no rain in August, and still kind of filled out the soybeans. And um, you know, last year we kind of I thought we had a kind of a record soybean crop, and and this year we're a little bit in, we're under last year's, but still really pretty good. And you know, you you go up around Interstate 80, and I was hearing some big numbers up there because they were getting the the rain. So um, so yeah, it's. Um, really, the beans held on pretty good for for okay. what uh, for the dryness that we had. So amazing, absolutely amazing. All right, uh, switching gears here a little bit. Rock, you had kind of a close call this fall, didn't you? We sure did. We were in bean harvest, and you know, dry and the bean fuzz. And thanks to my son-in-law, he s- smelled smoke at the end of the night, and he got to crawling around in the machine and some of that fuzz was smoldering. And if we had walked away from the machine, we probably wouldn't have had one the next day. And, uh, gosh, the next day I thought I better check my insurance agent, make sure we got up to date coverage on that. Well, we yeah. still had full coverage from when the machine was brand new, but lo and behold, they would have only paid me the depreciated value, but I was still paying the premium on the full brand new value. So that's something yeah. to kind of watch and to get close with your agent about. Well, yeah, especially if you would have had to have gone out and replaced the machine on short notice, you, you can't go to exactly. an auction and replace one cheap right now. That's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. But for some strange reason, my premium was still based on the brand new value. Wow. I hope you got that all worked <laughs> out with the insurance agent, Rock. Yes, we did. But that's something every something everyone needs to take a look at. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Good plan. Good plan. How's the season been going for you, Dennis? Anything that uh, you're going to remember about this harvest season like that? You know, I luckily haven't had that uh, anything like that yet. It's it's really been a an uneventful season, thank goodness. Good. Other than just uh, switching back and forth from corn to beans constantly, it seemed like every two or three days we were the last uh, week and a half or two weeks, we've been kind of back and forth between the two and a lot of I'm, I'm pretty good at switching the combine over now. I got, got my practice <laughs> in, but it, 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 luckily it's been a pretty uneventful, pretty smooth year. I kind of almost hate to say it, but it's been going good. So Don't worry. I'm knocking wood for you. I'm knocking wood for Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You yeah. bet. I know there probably isn't much in that in that unit you're dealing with. You know, and, and he brings up a point. When you're constantly switching around and doing different things, boy, do it right when you're going down the road. And, and, and – uh, just it it i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of heads rolling down the road this year still on the combine and it it just kind of i shrug my shoulders about it i guess but doggone it we we need to be safe for everybody don't we yeah that's true and you know it's it's one thing if it's if you're if you can see a long distance and you're on a on the flat and yeah I, I don't even really like to do it then, but you know, I, I'm, I met a farmer this year going down a gravel road, coming up over a hill and a 20 foot head on a, on there. And yeah, we made it past each other and it was okay, but boy, you know, just, just think about where you're at and your, the visual distance that you can see and, and uh, just make sure that, that we're not causing any issues because that's the last thing we need um, for anybody. So. Right. Right. No doubt about it. Okay, we are in the middle 
of a farmer farm with Rock Ketchnig from Illinois and Dennis Bogards from Iowa. We've got our harvest reports out of the way. We've got that the the insurance warning. Uh, we've covered that. We've talked about some road safety. There was a big happening in Iowa last week when Navigator CO2 canceled its plans for the CO2 pipeline project. I want to get Dennis's take on that and where he sees the carbon issue going forward. We're going to talk some biofuel issues with Rock as well. And what challenges are guys trying to manage right now that they can handle this fall to get ready again for next spring? It's a Farmer Forum here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by Phospholutions, which is excited to launch Rhizozorb, the first fertilizer technology proven across hundreds of field trials to improve grower ROI by 20% and maintain or increase yield with less applied phosphate per acre. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Jeff. We're in the middle of the Farmer Forum. Rock Ketchnik from Illinois. Dennis Bogards from Iowa. Dennis, when you heard the news... Uh, it wasn't last week. It was actually the Friday before uh, that that Navigator was canceling its plans for a CO2 pipeline in the state. Uh, what was your reaction? Um, you know, I it was kind of in the middle of a, just a really crazy busy time, and I, I heard that they did it, and I, I just never even looked up to see why or what their reasoning was, but I was, I was both kind of surprised and not surprised i mean as as much uh bad feedback as they were getting and resistance that they were getting i was i kept thinking they were going to have a hard time getting it but you know it usually seems like you know these kind of companies when they when they put this kind of money into it and and they want to do something they're they're they usually find a way and do it but you know the 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 thing that you know and i i I just, I don't even know if I'm pro or, or con against it, but I, I know that it, it's weird to me that pipelines just really seem to get tons of resistance. Yeah. Um, no, no matter what it is, but mm-hmm. you know, I, in our area, we had a pipeline come through about three years ago, you know, a little ways away from me, but man, yeah. there's a lot of people that really fought it. And then, and then about two years later, they started popping windmills up everywhere and nobody nobody seemed to say boo about it so right. i don't know i i i not surprised but surprised and okay. at, well, at some point we're gonna have to figure something out for this car right so 
Right, right. Yeah, when it became an imminent domain situation, and that was the conversation, I thought, man, oh, man, this faces a big uphill battle now. It, if uh, with, with that yep. in mind, it, it just it became a long shot, didn't it? Yeah, really, and and you know, and I don't know how you do a project like that without yeah. domain. But also in the same respect, I I understand people, you know, don't like eminent domain and right, and so it's it's just a it's I don't know. It, there's just a there's there's some pros and cons to it, and mm-hmm. and it wasn't going through my farm, so I I didn't pay yeah. as close attention to it as I should have. But also in the same respect, it's just it's just an interesting conversation that we're probably at some point going to have to have and figure out. Right, right, right. Rock, what are you focused on over there in Illinois this fall? What's got your attention? Tip, there was a line that was going to cut right through the center of Henry County, Illinois. It wasn't going to affect any of my property at this point. But there was a real organized effort in Kiwani, Illinois, to bring out the facts and the dangers of this pipeline. And due to that organization and people voicing their opinion, I think had to do with them pulling that request for that permit. And I understand that there's going to be a study and they're going to improve the the thickness of the pipeline and make it much more safer and all this and that. So I think the pipeline company is just kind of sitting back for a while, get their ducks in a row. But what it does to your farm, what it does to your soil, you know, it, it's, it's not just something that's next year is going to be business as usual. The way they disturb that soil, that's a long-term event, not even leaving alone the safety aspect of someone ever getting into it. And in our country, we have gas pipelines that work their way up because our water table is so high in some low areas, they've had to use concrete blocks and cables and dig and take the gas pipelines back down again because pressure has, has, has forced them up. So, you know, it, it has a lot to do with your terrain. So anyway, that, that term eminent don- domain just really can get you riled up, you know? Oh, your yeah. hands are just tied even though it's your, your property. Right. Right. So Absolutely. I, I'm not for it. I'm not for it. Okay. Okay, so what what's your attitude about carbon capture, carbon use? Is it is, is it a conversation that we need to continue to have, or do we just wait this thing out, wait for the new administration? You hit it right there on the head. Uh, you know, I bought a I bought an electric golf cart chip, and I'm really glad I did because I'll never have anything electric again. About the time you want to go somewhere, you're out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, you know you know long term you know how about ethanol how about e85 you know hey, how about baby. Uh, the good parts of e85 you're you're a great proponent you're a great spokesman for this battle and i appreciate that very much thing you do for for ethanol and yeah. like you said new administration yeah okay what what's your thoughts there dennis yeah i you know i i would have to agree we you know there's there's options out there we can you know like you said e85 and ethanol and yeah. products like that and um you know electric just creates so many so many other issues and um almost hate to admit it but i i did buy a hybrid electric for my wife and we get along okay with it but i don't know that i'd ever buy one again it's 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 okay. I just don't get excited about it. The only reason I bought it is because that was what was on the lot when we were looking and we couldn't find anything else when we were looking. And so we ended up buying it, but 
you know, it, it, if it hadn't been there, we wouldn't have bought it and I wouldn't have known, but I, I kind of agree with them on the golf cart thing. It's, you know, you, it, it's just a, something different to manage in the electric side of a car. It just, um, it just gets old and I, yeah, I'm not really in yeah. favor of it. So, um, yeah, well, seems like there's other options. Yeah. David Davis had a story. Uh, this morning, General Motors made an unexpected decision to abandon its previously set goal of manufacturing 400,000 EVs by mid-2024. Move underscores the growing concern among automakers regarding the market's sustainability for battery-powered cars. I, it seems like right now, you guys, it'd be a great time to go in and talk to the automakers about that next generation of the internal combustion engine that will utilize higher blends of octane or higher blends of ethanol in that higher octane, you guys. It next gen fuel act. That's what I want to get behind. Hey, Steph, You're behind it, aren't you, Rock? Steph, one quick thing I'd like to mention yeah. on my farm with older pieces of machinery around here. My two biggest headaches on this farm are tires and batteries. Yeah. 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 You know? I hear you, buddy. Okay. I hear you. So, okay, let's get behind that Next Gen Fuels Act and make it happen. Dennis, be safe. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Yep, thanks for having me on. It was a good time again. Good, good, good. Rock, great to talk to you, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Chip. Look forward to seeing you again. All right. Rock Kachnick from Illinois. Dennis Bogarts from Iowa. Come back this afternoon. Brian Basting.